It's Julia. I'm Fiona's roommate, and I just wanted to say hey. Hello, all of you, and welcome back to the Free To Be podcast. I apologize, my voice is a little bit shot this week, but I am so excited to be coming, reporting to you live. It is a Sunday night, and I am doing my laundry as we speak, so apologies if there's any background noise, but very happy to have some time, space, creative juices flowing, and to be back here to engage in a conversation with you all this week. I've been sitting on the idea for this week's episode for probably a week or two now, and the title, which you've already seen, is What Would I Tell a Friend Right Now? So to kind of set the stage, recently I have been having so much going well in my life. I'm really happy and grateful for my internship. I feel like I have a positive work-life balance where I've really been able to take a lot of the lemons life has given me and make some delicious, awesome lemonade. And I feel like I've been able to be pretty present and just find a place where I feel all in all a sense of contentment that breeds a great deal of peace for me. I have also been doing some dating, I would say, throughout the summer, and I'm so it's so scary to share about romantic life. It's like I feel like the one thing I keep away from my blog. But the reason I bring it up is that I feel like as I was approaching a potential new beginning and not putting anything in stone out there for a public statement. But anyways, there was this, or is this, I don't know, potential new beginning of some sort that had entered my life. And I felt like I couldn't even meet it halfway. I has had just different levels of conflict and that feeling, if any of you are familiar, of talking yourself in a circle to the point that you're dizzy and you don't even know where you started because you're like, um, where was point A, B, C, etc., whatever. So what I finally wound up doing was I sat down with my journal and the first words I wrote were, what would I tell a friend right now? I wanted to go through the advice that I gave myself And the first point that this struck in me is the importance of being able to tap into the inner BFF that lives within all of us. We all have that internal best friend, that version of ourself that is ready to say, I've got you, let's talk, let's drink a glass of wine and have a charcuterie board and, you know, psychoanalyze or not even just lightheartedly laugh and pull experiences and I feel like it's natural to do this with girlfriends or you know guys and maybe with the boys I won't really speak for them (laughs) but with girls we tend to do it a lot with each other or you know maybe I'll call my mom or my sisters which is fantastic and 1000% always take advantage of your support system but there's something to be said about facilitating that check-in and inner BFF Oh, 
Um, my laundry is done, so hold that thought. But yeah, that is to say, you know, we all have this ability to check in with ourselves and, you know, to sit down with ourselves over a cup of coffee or with our journal and a pen in hand. And I think what's most important to highlight out of this is that so often we have the answers we are seeking within us. And if we have the wherewithal to sit with ourselves with honesty and open ears and minds, we can come away with so much wisdom. And it's a, it's a touch and go situation because of course you want to engage with other opinions and reach out to the wise people in your life and seek out just wise word. But also there's a different conviction that comes from, I've talked with myself about this. I've covered my basis, bases and I trust in myself and I trust in my judgment. So without further ado, I will take you through what this conversation with my inner BFF, the advice she gave me. The first thing was, it's okay to be scared. Extending someone a VIP pass is intimidating. Connection, however, requires vulnerability. So my friend Hadley, I borrowed the term VIP pass from her. And it's this idea that, you know, not everyone will have a backstage pass into your life. And of course they won't. If everyone had one, it wouldn't really matter as much. But the people that we choose to let into our lives and into our hearts, there is a degree of, you know, intentionality to it. And I think sometimes I underestimate how scary that can feel of, oh my gosh, I'm going to let someone in. Like, are they going to like what they see? Am, am I going to feel comfortable showing this person more of me? And I just think to acknowledge off the bat, look, feet, it's okay to be scared. Having that conversation with myself and the affirmation of, you know, you can be scared and it can still be okay. And you can still move forward with poise that was a huge takeaway for me. The next piece of advice was, your fear of losing yourself while valid is not a fear felt by your 21-year-old self. It's a fear felt by your younger self. Tell her, thank you, and don't worry, we've got our back. This is definitely influenced. I just read Tinks' book, The Shift, and also just through time and reflection with myself, I uncovered this fear of if I enter a new relationship or just in general, this fear I have of somehow losing myself and losing what I hold dear and, and true about myself, whether that is, will I still be able to have creative pursuits while I pursue a career or, you know, will I be able to have alone time when I live with roommates? Any of these things, these are sometimes fears that I've experienced. And I think what was interesting was sometimes the fears we are experiencing when we encounter new situations are really leftover fears from the past that our brains have been trained in the story we've been telling that we projected onto the future. So maybe we're and it, it goes to confirmation bias, this idea that we will seek out evidence that confirms what we already believe to be true. 
So if I have a fear that once I let people see me, they'll leave, I'm constantly going to be searching for evidence and collecting data that supports that hypothesis. However, if I acknowledge, okay, this is an old fear and this is not a story I'm ascribing to in the future, I'm kind of able to put my fear, you know, take it out of the driver's seat and give myself the opportunity to to choose, you know, how do I want to go about this situation? How do I want to move forward when I feel a little wobbly or that like maybe I am being vulnerable and to which degree do I want to do so? And how do I show myself, hey, I've got your back. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to lose myself trying to win someone else. Just building that trust with yourself, I think, is truly foundational to be able to enter any sort of relationship securely, whether that's a friendship or a romantic relationship. The next line is, either way, you're good. This can maybe sound a little bit defensive, but I think sometimes we forget that certain romantic relationships or friendships for that matter, status symbols, are kind of just gravy. Like, if you can be present and experience life, and at least for me, I wake up every day and realize, like, holy shit, I'm so blessed in every way and to the way that I wouldn't even be able to count my blessings. Either way, I'm good. You know, if this works out, awesome. But it's even this Gabby Bernstein prayer. Please, like, give me this or better. And maybe you don't even know what better is yet. But just having that faith of, like, no matter what happens, there is a plan to my life that maybe I'm not always recognizing. And it might be better than I've ever imagined. Next is embrace joy right here, right now. This speaks for itself. We don't have to put joy off until we get the label we're thinking we need from a relationship or, you know, maybe winning someone over, but rather you can embrace joy in the unknowing and the in-between and you can embrace the joy of novelty. I think novelty can be so scary, but it's also so unique because especially as we get older, there aren't always that many like truly unique experiences unless you're going particularly out of your way but embrace like the joy alongside that initial maybe uneasiness and uncertainty because it it still abides within those spaces it's not limited to spaces where we feel 100% without a doubt secure like joy is not confined to particular labels or to certain spaces. I'm kind of repeating myself, but I think you get the gist that it's possible to embrace joy in the in-between or to allow yourself to hope for the best possible case scenario unfolding and not just the worst. Quiet the noise, all this scrolling on TikTok and outsourcing and crowdsourcing for for relationship advice. It's not bringing you a better understanding of what you want or of yourself. Who do you want? How do you want to show up internally and externally, regardless of how others act, think, or speak? This one is a big one. I think sometimes when we feel like we're in a rush and we just want to get past the initial scary and kind of shitty feeling of being like, what's happening? 
where's this going? You know, do I like this person? Does this person like me? We forget that like you can control the volume settings on your life. And as much as maybe that takes work or can be hard sometimes, like you can turn down the noise of the self-inflicted noise of scrolling on TikTok and seeing video after video because the algorithm somehow knows <laughs> exactly what's happening in your life. And you have all these videos of here's when you can text him and here's what you got to do to, you know, be a cool girl or, you know, here's how. And, and some of it's honestly probably amazing advice. And I've called myself like, huh, that, that was a good point. But for me, I just recognized like, Tap into you, tap into your inner wisdom, to books and words that have spoken to you. Don't just go for the loudest, most, you know, the voice that's yelling out to the crowd or the popular quotes and ways to go about dating that are, you know, pushed onto you from TikTok or whatever else. I just thought that this was really important because, you know, when we feel insecure, that can sometimes be what causes us to run to other people to gather their opinions and, you know, check how they measure up to our own when in actuality the best or probably most ideal course of action in those moments of insecurity is to have a, a little check-in where you take inventory of your life and your feelings and you just sort of like meet it with a sense of neutrality of like okay I'm going to collect some information maybe write it down in my journal maybe take a voice memo of what's happening right now and sometimes there's nothing else to be done you can just like have that check-in be like okay I acknowledge how I'm feeling right now and you don't have to like then maybe run to do something or fix something about it you can just kind of be like okay this is where I'm at. But I do think there's value in taking stock of where you're at. Okay, the next is clarity is kindness, but you don't need to be doing a mental recon mission in order to figure out what he's thinking. Change the channel, listen to a Tanks podcast, read a memoir by a woman you admire. Life is scary and so is trust in the possibility of pain or rejection, but avoiding any possibility of that won't bring you unbridled joy either. Heck, get your heart broken once or twice. It sucks and I wouldn't wish it on even my high school nemesis, but better to have loved and lost than never to love at all. I digress, but be able to meet someone at their word. This person is not a mind reader, and almost certainly has no idea you're at home doing mental gymnastics while he's literally not texting back because he's napping. So this one's kind of, I almost said Pacific. This one sounds pretty specific. And I mean, this is a journal entry that I'm adapting for a podcast. So naturally it is specific. However, I kind of thought that sentiment is funny of like, my mom was telling a story about something my dad did that totally irked her in the moment and she and him were still chuckling about after but a little takeaway for me was like my mom's ticked off she's you know frustrated about what my 
dad did and how couldn't he have thought about it from her point of view and whatever. And this was a pretty lighthearted situation. But it held true even for me in my own personal life where I felt like I was like creating this whole story of maybe someone's not texting me back right now. What does that mean? La, la, la. And like for all I knew, this person's literally taking a nap. Like a couple hours have gone by, you know. I'm not on my phone for a couple hours at a time, especially if I'm just like vegging or chilling out. Like, I don't know. It's just funny. Sometimes when we're feeling a little wobbly or sensitive, we might like ascribe so much meaning to something that was not meant to be taken in that way, literally at all. Like you can so misinterpret situations. So it's important to be able to have that I'll meet this person at their word and I trust them. I trust myself. We're all adults here. Like just learning to not maybe read into everything so much. And as a chronic overthinker, that's a bit of a novel concept for me. But I think this is another point in which relationships are fantastic teachers. And if I'm able to go through an experience and say like, oh, I'm really glad that that experience or that time with this person taught me how to give a little bit more space for that in between, give a little bit more space where I don't need to have everything defined and tied up into a perfect little bow, but that I can kind of just like see where things go. That's like not something I've ever been good at in the past. And it's something I'm really grateful that I'm learning and practicing doing. Next piece, go out and do something that will make you laugh. It's hard to feel scared when you're tapping into childlike, silly antics. And remind yourself that you can always tap into this joy. Single, semi-single, in a relationship, you can always nurture your relationship with you. What a wonderful reminder. I think no matter where you are in life, whatever your romantic status is, just remembering that you can always send some love your own way and do something that makes you smile and makes you laugh. Like laughter is such medicine in every sense of the word. So having that space or those activities, maybe it's boogie boarding. I had literally so much fun boogie boarding when I was in Montauk with my family. It's funny because at first I was totally like laughing at my mom, boogie boarding, and it was the type of laughter that was also rooted in such admiration because this 49-year-old woman is just absolutely shredding some boogie board waves, and it's not something that's always modeled, and that's something I admire so much about my mom is that she's the mom who... I thought my cousins were at our house this winter break because my mom was sledding and being so loud. And I go downstairs and I figure out that it was her and Lizzie. And there's just the most priceless video of my mom speeding down a hill in our backyard on a sled. And she's just been a great example of that for me, that joy can be attained at any age and tapping into childlike wonders and play is just so healthy and invigorating. And I think it's something where when you remember you hold the keys to that joy for yourself, it's not to say that you'll never allow someone else to 
have some sort of dictation over your emotions because that inevitably means that you care about them, their opinion, spending time with them, whatever. But it is important to, no matter where you are, what walk of life you're on, remember that you are able to provide that joy for yourself and have that inner BFF time where you're maybe laughing at yourself or having inside jokes with yourself and just doing things that you find fun that connect you with your inner child and more than anything just make you laugh next love the journey but if you're lost and clueless as to what map the other person is holding know when to step back and ask your friends or your mom to pick you up you have a map you know what you want and where you want to go and sometimes it's fun to hop on a silly joy ride but if you find yourself on a merry-go-round cling on to the final cling on to a final shred of dignity and dismount better alone and steady than entangled with someone and too dizzy to even determine if they're good for you hope you all appreciate that little extended metaphor right there but this really hit me and something that's crazy about journaling is I won't even have these ideas. Like I literally just put pen to paper and my stream of consciousness will pull out some insane words. Like sometimes she can drop bars. (laughs) A side note is lately I've just been finding myself really funny and I like normally am a pretty silly person, but I feel like there are different phases of my life where it really shines through and recently has been one of those phases, but like I have to laugh at myself because I like say something and I'm kind of like hee hee like that's so funny because maybe it's literally just like silly like aha uh-huh, just drop some bars on you like goodness gracious I hope you guys get a laugh out of these podcasts sometimes too because I sure do but yes anyways I just think the concept of like it's different being on a merry-go-round that's just not going in any sort of direction that you want to go rather than, you know, sometimes it's okay to, like, let someone drive and be vulnerable and let them, like, you know, take the wheel a little bit or give you direction or just, like, not cling on to life so tightly. But also, I do think it's an important exercise with yourself to be like, hey, like, if this isn't going where we ultimately want to go, we've got this and we'll be able to step off and maybe it will suck a little bit. But, like, don't you worry we've got this. And that's just a really common thread throughout this whole episode. And I think that's because it's something that I've been cultivating with myself long before this summer, but this inner sense of like, matter what happens, like I've got my back and I'm going to be able to take care of me. And that doesn't mean I'll never let myself get hurt or I'll never put myself out there. But it just, it does mean that like, I know I'm going to take good care of myself. And I think that's trust we all can work on building with ourselves because it fundamentally shifts the way we pursue relationships thereafter. Next, not every relationship has to be love and fireworks and forever and intensity. Some people are for fun and collecting data. Be an ethical scientist, but don't be shy. Experiment with different types of dating and let it teach you about yourself and the infinite personalities and ways of being in the world. I think sometimes we, or me for that matter, me in the past, 
I've been so fixated on what I think I want or, you know, this idea of I want a boyfriend or I want someone who's just like this and has his characteristics in common with me and et cetera. I'm not really going to give an opinion on that because I just don't think I have like enough experience to say what is the proper way, you know. I, there are plenty of other podcasts out there that are solely dating podcasts or about relationships and marriage, and that is not what we're here for. I am 21 and have so much to learn about love, but I think where I'm at right now, and the other thing that is scary about having a podcast, I will be very open right now, is I'm aware that my ideas change and an opinion I hold today might be different tomorrow once I'm presented with better or just different information but for where I'm at in life in this moment I had to learn how to shed some of the seriousness with which I would view relationships and instead be able to see like maybe this is just you know not just but this can be fun you know the idea that relationships can be fun and it's not just like a roller coaster ride of highs and lows and hopefully you end up with a net positive but that you know things can kind of be a little lighthearted and, and airy and not necessarily have to go in a straight line but still teach you about yourself and about the world and I think it's beautiful to be able to get to know another person so all that to say there's not one perfect type of relationship that's going to make you feel whole but rather there, you already are whole, one, and two, there are going to be so many varieties of relationships in your life that serve you in different ways and teach you or mirror a different part of you to you. And I think the best way to look at relationships is kind of just like, what are you going to teach me? Or what are you, what are you here to teach me? And like, thank you. Thank you for showing me that. Um, I think being able to find gratitude And those experiences kind of helps alleviate the sense of like stringent expectations. Okay, this totally, that was a great segue. Life is not meant to be taken so seriously. Your life is a romantic comedy, not a melodrama. Loosen up, girlfriend. I love viewing my life from the lens of like, oh, I'm in a romantic comedy era or like right now I'm like the drama and everything's just like angsty, but like it's for fun because I'm just getting into character. I would say like I had this line, especially when I was my sorority president, which like we haven't really unpacked on here, but it's a story for another time. However, I would always say during that era of my life that like I'm just collecting stories for my memoir. And I think like sometimes viewing your life or like for me right now, seeing life as like, this is just like a montage for my romantic comedy. It just makes it less serious. And I think we create so much of our reality or we shape our experiences based off of the thoughts we choose and give the microphone to in our minds. So like, why not see your life as a romantic comedy and learn to laugh at you a little bit and just encode or decode these experiences with a degree of lightheartedness. I think that's just another theme as well of sometimes because I want to hold the reins on life so tight 
things feel so serious and heavy and draining. But when I'm able to tap into a sense of more openness and unbotheredness and like I'm going to let life unfold in its own magical and mysterious way, it's just like it's all part of the plot, you know? There's all different stories I'll one day tell and even just the quote like one day we're going to look back at look back at this and laugh like in the present or when you're being present you're not as concerned about like what does this mean for me now or what what does this rem- resemble from the past like sometimes we're trying to figure out what is happening in front of us that we actually end up missing out on just like witnessing and experiencing it so yeah you know just collect some stories for the romantic comedy of your life and maybe this person's going to be your co-star and maybe they're you know someone passing through but it can all be valuable and it can all be experienced with just gratitude and joy and lightheartedness and if there's a point in which you get hurt or maybe it's not as lighthearted anymore like that's when you can revisit and have a check-in but also just to recognize like we're not going to avoid getting hurt in this lifetime so just kind of having some degree of intentionality of like I'm going to choose to fight for joy and fight to be vulnerable because vulnerability is what connection is built off of and it's not to say you have to be so 100% this is me, like, this is everything about me, like, unloading, but rather just kind of, like, I am who I am, I like who I am, I hope you do too, because maybe I like you, but at the same time, like, the idea would be that you have your own back, and that you don't need this person to affirm you, because you can affirm yourself, and you also have incredible support systems in your life that affirm you as well, And you have full faith that this is going to have a happy ending because romantic comedies always have a happy ending and that's why they are so awesome. (laughs) Okay. Lots of life. Oh my gosh. I literally like, I took the words out of my own mouth. Lots of life is collecting stories. Maybe that frat guy did a number on you freshman year, but now the story of it and the debriefs with your girlfriends make you laugh so hard you could pee your pants And suddenly all of you are looking up pelvic floor exercises and you pause to appreciate how fucking awesome it is to be a woman. Another oddly specific bullet point, but once again, journal entry adaptation, you know, it is what it is. I think about this often, like sometimes what feels like a catastrophic life altering event ends up just being a like very silly story that you and your girlfriends look back on. And I think that is something that speaks to the mystery and magic and silliness of life is like what literally like felt like you was ending your world at 17 is now like a funny story on family vacation where like you all have an inside family joke about the board game Monopoly and it's something that you're able to like genuinely derive joy out of because it's this story and joke that's been passed along for years and so I just think like being able to have that little like voice in the back of your head being like you know this could just make a great story someday like 
it does not have to be perceived as so deep, but rather like, oh, you know, I'm going to look back on this and laugh. And I'm grateful to be here experiencing all that life is throwing at me in this moment. Okay, the final point is resist the inclination to use a love interest as a conduit through which you're permitted to love yourself. Forget a middleman. Commit to loving you, no matter what your relationship status is. That point, I feel like, is the culmination of everything I've been trying to say. So often, we want to love ourselves, but we feel like we need permission from someone else. And so if they love you, you'll in turn allow yourself to love yourself or allow yourself to receive that love through them. But it's important to recognize that as amazing it is, like I think relationships and companionship are so amazing. I am the most hopeless romantic you will ever meet. But I've also learned that so much of the time I really just like have so much love to give and that's beautiful and it's also equally beautiful in a different way to be able to shower myself in that love and I really struggle to do this for so long and it's still something that is kind of uncomfortable for me but a tool that helped me be able to practice like reinvesting my love into myself is that I have projects like this I use it to read or use it to fuel me in volunteering or being a good friend and when you're able to save some of that love for yourself and and just let it you know energize you a little bit that shifts how you show up to the rest of the world and I think it just like is such a filling your own cup moment where of course you have friends that fill your cup and of course you're going to have romantic partners that ground you and steady you with their love but there is also that fundamental foundation of love that you can build with yourself and there is no need for a middleman there. Like you do not need any permission. If you need permission, like here it is. You have full permission to love yourself more than you ever thought was possible and not in a complacent way where you're just accepting all your flaws and not doing anything to better yourself, but in a way that everything you do to level up your life comes from this knowing and commitment to yourself of like, I see you, I love you, and I want the best for you. Like, that is just like the biggest shift I think you could undergo. And I feel like it's almost an experience where that shift in perspective can be what almost changes your life from being like black and white or sepia to being like in full vibrant colors and you're just able to see life through such a different lens at the beach today my friend Fran spoke of an Alan Watts quote which I think I'm gonna butcher because I don't remember it verbatim but bear with me the quote essentially said you know like you're never gonna be able to stop the inevitable rain in life but you can get a raincoat And also sometimes you're going to get wet and that's okay too. I think that sort of sums up this notion. And as much as I think the advice I gave myself and now I'm hopefully giving to you is useful, there's no like perfect formula that's going to tell you exactly how to fall for someone and not forget yourself and 
you know, be able to jump into a romantic relationship. Like, it's kind of about learning how to dance in the rain. And there's not going to be like one perfect, foolproof way to go through life without getting hurt or without getting your heart broken. But it's just kind of about like, how can I navigate this with grace? And how can I check in with myself so that I'm able to be proud of who I'm becoming or at the minimum, like say, Hey, I'm not loving how I'm acting right now. And I want to take accountability and move more towards acting in alignment with who I believe myself to be and who I believe I have the potential to be. Next piece of advice I wrote today was just let yourself be. This is another Alan Watts quote. Of course, you can't force your mind to be silent. That would be like trying to smooth ripples in water with a flat iron. Water becomes clear and calm only when left alone. I think sometimes you just need to let your mind like rip for a little bit and be like, okay, I can do this. And then like, lo and behold, without so much force, your mind has settled and you've rediscovered peace. And it's not always something that you can force, but like rather just stumbling into grace. Another idea that came out of some conversations I had with my friends today was, are you buying or are you selling? Now, of course, like it's probably a little bit of both, but when you're maybe entering a prospective new relationship, not solely focusing on selling yourself or being someone that they'll like and and stay liking and not just maybe initially be attracted to, But what's important too is like you're also buying and and I don't know if I love the words buying and selling, but it's the metaphor that came to mind. Like it's not just about if this person likes you, but it's also about like if you like them, if you think you suit each other and like you can figure this out over time. That's something I've been practicing learning, but it's good questions to ask, a good practice of kind of like am I just desiring that this person likes me and offers me validation or like do I genuinely like this person as well and see shared values and see some potential where where you you know want to keep exploring it so yeah am I buying or am I selling or like do I want to do both what's kind of the compromise factor there how can you meet yourself even deeper with more your enoughness when you feel off-centered? This question is something that Marta Brummel, who I've mentioned on here before, helped guide me to. But like, just practicing how to love yourself when you feel wobbly, I think because I put in a good amount of work to manage my mind and manage my emotions so that you know, they're not the ones controlling me, but that I can, you know, oversee and steer them a little bit. When I feel off center or like maybe I'm kind of falling for someone and I start to get really way more in my head than I normally am and maybe just not as like, it's really hard for me to feel like the water in my, like if I'm an ocean, I'm all clear and it's like, gentle easy waves and consistent and then all of a sudden someone goes swimming and they're like 
muddying up all the water and I just have to let it sit again. And sometimes that feels like kind of frustrating or scary of like, are you just going to come in here and mix everything up? And then I'm going to have to like, just wait for it to settle back down. But I think it's really beautiful to practice. Like, how am I going to meet myself when I feel a little off centered? And how am I going to go about navigating relationships with people when I feel wobbly or vulnerable? And how do I, you know, protect myself, but also learn how to let down my guard a little as well. Finally, I wanted to read a quote by Brene Brown from her book, Atlas of the Heart. I've shared this with so many of my friends because I truly think it is just one of the best quotes of all time. It's actually one about heartbreak, but I think it widely applies to love in general. So I'm going to pull that up right now. Heartbreak is always connected to love and belonging. Heartbreak is an altogether different thing. Disappointment doesn't grow into heartbreak, nor does failure. Heartbreak comes from the loss of love or the perceived loss of love. My heart can be broken only by someone to whom I've given my heart. There might be, an ex- there might be expectations, both met and unmet, in a relationship that ends in heartbreak, but disappointment is not the cause of heartbreak. There may be failures within the relationship. Indeed, there certainly will be, for we are imperfect vessels to hold the love of another person. But the failures didn't cause the heartbreak. Heartbreak is what happens when love is lost. Heartbreak can come from being rejected by the one you love. The pain is more intense when you thought the other person loved you. But the expectation of returned love isn't necessary for heartbreak. Unrequited love can be heartbreaking. The death of the death of a loved one is heartbreaking. I didn't expect them to live forever, forever, and death is nobody's fault, regardless of diets or smoking or bad exercise or whatever. But my heart is broken anyway. A related heartbreak is the death of something unique, maybe even essential, in someone I love. I didn't want my children to stay children all of their lives, but at times the loss of innocence was heartbreaking. The loss of love doesn't need to be permanent to be heartbreaking. Moving away from a loved one can be heartbreaking. Change in another person I love may be a good thing. It might be a significant personal growth, and I might be happy about it or even proud of them. It can also change the relationship and break my heart. The list goes on. There is a plethora of ways in which a heart can be broken. The common denominator is the love of the loss of love or the perceived loss of love. To love with any level of intensity and honesty is to become vulnerable. I used to tell couples getting married that the only thing I could tell them with certainty is that they were going to hurt each other. To love is to know the loss of love. Heartbreak is unavoidable unless we choose not to love at all. A lot of people do just that. Every time we love, we risk heartbreak. Despite how lonely heartbreak feels, it's universal. The brokenhearted are the bravest among us. They dared to love. I just think that's like one of the most beautiful passages of all time. And I remember listening to it and I had to replay the audiobook so many times to get that quote written down. 
and I'm sure I could have looked it up, but it felt like so special to, you know, rewind 15 seconds, rewind 30 seconds and write it down word by word because it just struck such a chord in me. And I think it also really gathers the thoughts that I've presented today of like, it's scary to put your heart out there, even if like you're just saying, oh, it's a summer fling or whatever it is. Like letting people see your heart and into it is intimate and scary. And so much of the time, even if like you're just really happy and you're with this person, like joy is such a vulnerable emotion too, because you know, when you feel joy, then there's this fear of like, will the rug be pulled out from underneath me or when is this going to go away? Am I going to be sad or will I just not be as joyful as I am right now? But I'll leave it to the experts. Brene Brown is just so fantastic. I can't re- recommend her books enough. And I, it just feels right that that quote has landed in one of my podcast episodes because it is something that I floated around to so many people that I love and it is a near and dear passage to my heart. So I did want to offer a quick toolkit of things I think are just easily accessible and are actionable items to perform some of the advice I was recommending today. So keep girl time and you time in your calendar. This also, I'm speaking from pretty heteronormative relationship standards, but you know, switch out pronouns and words as needed. Keep time with your friends in your calendar, even when you're seeing someone new, even when it's like a rush and exciting. I promise you they'll keep you sane. And they're also such good record keepers. Like I think my friends remember certain details about boys I've liked better than, excuse me, better than I do. And also keeping that you time is just essential because inevitably when you're not single anymore and even in the initial stages of dating as you move into to going steady with someone or whatever going official etc you are going to like that relationship inevitably will erode at some of your alone time so while you're just maybe entering into something like drink that in it's so great to have time with yourself and to be able to have those check-ins that you're really only going to have when you take some time in solitude. Via tanks, don't quit your non-negotiable habits because you're wrapped up in someone new. If you like to work out every day and you want to go see your crush, so you think, oh, you know what? Screw it. I'll just get my workout and I'll, I'll go see them right after work. That is so cute. Like, it's so fun that you've met someone that makes you want to change your habits a little bit so that you can see them. But also, I think it's really important to not erode at the trust you have with yourself and the practices you've embedded into your life while being single because I feel like there is a pretty widespread fear when entering relationships that am I going to lose myself or how am I still going to take care of myself and like keep my identity as it inevitably changes as a byproduct of this new relationship that you're in. But 
I think the more realistic way to go about this piece of advice is lose balance for love. That's one of my favorite quotes from Eat, Pray, Love. If you're losing balance because you're so excited and you're just, you want to let yourself, you know, loosen up the reins a little bit and dive into something, like, go for it. Conversely, my recommendation would be never skip out on this non-negotiable habit or practice twice in a row. If you're going to, sticking to the workout metaphor, if you're going to skip your hot girl walk so you can go on a date with this guy, like make sure you go on that hot girl walk tomorrow because you're still working on building trust with yourself and that's a lifelong habit and practice that you'll have and just kind of like build out that notion with yourself that like that night was an exception and not the rule and you are going to hold on to the practices that have been tried and proven to help you care for you. My next one is journaling. I mean, obviously, if you've been here for this whole episode, you know how I feel about a good journal session. Another is spiritual practices. For me, church is really like such a grounding activity. I I think it's especially because I do it with such a great friend of mine and we've built this ritual together. But I think in general, like maintaining some sort of spiritual practice helps you not put a romantic partner or a potential romantic partner on a pedestal, but rather be able to like see each other clearly and have a concept of like the divine inner workings of your life that like sometimes we can lose sight of. Oh my gosh, voice crack. Sometimes we can lose sight of when we're kind of all wrapped up in like, oh, is this going to work out? Like what's going to happen? La 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 la. But rather just like, there's a plan for my life. There's like some divine timing that I won't always understand, but I'm sure a lot of what's happening will make even richer sense with hindsight. Finally, save a, save a little for yourself. I've mentioned this throughout this episode, but I think Maria Shriver was the author I learned this from. It's not to say that you're not giving your all to someone, but especially in the early stages of something, I think resisting the urge to give 110%, like that effort is something that's kind of like earned and demonstrated over time. I'd probably be a little thrown off if like a guy was ready to meet me with like 1,010% of their effort. And I was like, wait, like, do you even like know me right now? And so that's kind of something I've had to flip on its head for me of like actually trying to get to know someone rather than just diving in with 1,000%, my whole all, kind of like what Tanks would say, reverse box theorying the situation. So I will refer you to her for a reverse box theory explanation, but that does sum up what I'm trying to say a little bit better than my tired, foggy brain is managing to do in this moment. Another quote is from my friend Kaylin. I believe it's one of her friends moms but the quote is in life you're going to have to learn to ask for what you want and sometimes you might have to ask twice think like another important part of pursuing or engaging with romantic relationships is learning how to ask for what you want because no one is a mind reader and 
it's also just an act of worthiness to be able to say like, this is who I am. This is what I need out of this. Do do you think like you can give that to me or, or do you want to give that to me? Do we want to engage in companionship with one another and try to meet each other's needs as like requested kind of a like little bit of a woo-woo or like more mature that's probably how I would envision marriage it's like how are we going to support each other and you know check in what are we growing towards but I think there's like little nuggets of that that you can absorb into most of your relationships kind of like what do what can this do for both of us or what shared intention do we have here um so that maybe you can ideally both leave the circumstance like having learned something about yourself and having a a positive takeaway not that everything needs to be sunshine and rainbows but that there was something you're really grateful you learned and you're able to look back and whisper that person to thank you down the line. My final words are, enjoy the ride. Life is always in flux and ever-changing, and maybe right now, the only thing your romantic relationships must do is serve as a tool for self-discovery. You're collecting data. See how love feels at 21 or 17 or 25 or 50. Engage with its different forms. One isn't better than the others. Trust that you'll know when and if to step off an emotional, relational roller coaster and when to throw your hands in the air and feel your stomach drop in an intoxicating way and the glorious sensation of the wind in your hair and the mystifying feeling of not being able to stop smiling over someone, wondering, is this for real? Because even in amazing pitch-me moments, full of joy, we might still feel really scared or wobbly. In those moments, remember, you're good, you've got your back, and lean into the presence practice that you're cultivating. Like, tap into all of your senses, lose your mind a little bit. Like I was saying in my last episode, sometimes my brain feels like a bouncy house, like, and all I can do sometimes is just like, let the dust settle a little bit, and then be able to reflect back on what that experience meant to me but also like just to keep moving forward and sailing through life like there's so much that we can't predict or control but that doesn't mean that they're not beautiful worthwhile experiences to have another question that I'll pose to myself sometimes is just you know what's the worst that could happen like why not explore live a little And finally, another Tink's quote, because this is just definitely a Tink's-influenced podcast episode for me. Having fun is so much fun. My mom's favorite line for me over the phone lately has been, you know, have fun, just like respect yourself and have fun. And I think that's the advice I I would give a friend for sure is respect yourself, set the boundaries that you feel you need to set that make you feel safe and comfortable and also just you know have fun live a little go for it what's the worst that could happen sometimes you just got to give yourself a pep talk and I think that's the point of connecting with 
your internal best friend is she's able to hype you up. She's able to say like, look, like if this all goes to hell in a handbasket, I'll get the ice cream and we'll watch the summer I turn pretty. And you know what? Like we're going to be okay. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble. I hopefully will release this tomorrow on Monday, but I'm fading fast and I need to make sure I can listen to this before I publish it because I'm a little bit of a sleepyhead right now, but this was truly such a healing experience, even for me to record. And I feel like I've just learned so much about myself as I, you know, collected materials for today's episode, as well as went through and talked through all my points. So instead of a typical fees fave segment, I'm just going to leave you with a quote from my current fave of the week, Michelle Obama's book, The Light We Carry. Mm, It's like untamed meets becoming meets like, ah, I'm losing the words, but like it is just fantastic. And I think everyone should read it. So she says, when you start to rewrite the story of not mattering, you start to find a new center. You remove yourself from other people's mirrors and begin speaking more fully from your own experience, your own knowing place. You become better able to attach your pride and more readily step over all the despites. It doesn't remove the obstacles, but I found it helps shrink them. It helps you count your victories, even the small ones, and know that you're doing okay. I will leave you with that. I hope you have an amazing start to your week. You are so loved in so many infinite ways. Thank you for being here as always. I'm sending you huge hugs and I hope that you have a wonderful week and that something in this episode resonated with you and hopefully you can carry it forward as you navigate relationships in your own life. Okay, big hugs. Till next week. Bye.